Welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by League Apps. League Apps is the leading youth sports management platform, providing organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. On a mission to bring the benefits of sport to kids everywhere, they go beyond technology to provide leaders with professional development and relationship building, and to work with sports-based organizations to address issues of accessibility and equality. To learn more, find them at League Apps com or as league apps on all of the social networks now here's the host of the show longtime soccer broadcaster and voice of united soccer coaches dean linky i am dean linky this is the united soccer coaches podcast it is presented by league apps and yes indeed we have another great show we keep the momentum going meeting the new chair of the black soccer coaches community andrew richardson obviously big shoes to fill with the departure of Nicole Hercules, but they have a governance behind Andrew that is also powerful. Andrew will tell his story and talk about his plans for the black soccer coaches community. After him, another visit with Jason Sachs, the president of PCA, the Positive Coaching Alliance. They are partners with United Soccer Coaches. They are partners with the sponsor of this podcast, League Apps. They just did an incredible culture forum at the convention for NWSL. Jason Sachs is the real deal. I credit Michael Kodama with United Soccer Coaches for our next two guests. As United Soccer Coaches announced on January 9th, the signing of an agreement with the Arizona Hispanic Chamber of Commerce Foundation. The agreement establishes the Arizona Hispanic Chamber of Commerce Foundation and NABEDC as an education and content partner of the association with a main purpose to enhance business opportunities and provide support for underserved and underrepresented communities across the country. In Philadelphia, Michael Kodama made sure that I sat down with Karen Lynn Graves, the NABEDC Executive Director, as well as one of the incredible women that this organization helped. Her name is Cyrilla Gaylord. You'll love both of those fine women. Then we move to a spotlight on a staff member, Rusty Kugler. He is so creative. He has gone through a lot in his life. You'll hear about that as well and how United Soccer Coaches has made him feel right at home. And then we meet another 30 under 30 member. Thanks to the great work of Sarah Wilbur, she gives us Deanna Hecht. That's our show, and it starts after this message from our presenting sponsor, League Apps. We bet you didn't get into this business for the back office duties. That's why we created League Apps, the industry's leading youth sports management platform. So you can spend less time with busy work and more time doing what you love. League Apps provides organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. Go to leagueapps.com to learn more. League Apps is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by League Apps. Once again, here's the host of the show, Dean Linky. Kicking off this week's United Soccer Coaches Podcast with the new chair of the Black Soccer Coaches community, filling the enormous shoes, dare I say, of Nicole Hercules. That man I've talked about a lot. He is a handsome man. It's too bad you can't see him, but hopefully you'll see his picture. We're talking about Andrew 
Richardson. Andrew, I've been waiting for this. Great to have you on the podcast. Dean, it is always a pleasure. I have enjoyed watching and listening, well, more still listening to these interviews that you've had going recently. I'm, I'm excited to be a part of it and hopefully share a little bit about what we're doing from the uh, Black Soccer Coaches community. Well, that's what we intend to do. And you know, in many ways, you, just like so many people that played a role in me getting to that event on Saturday night, I met you like the very first day I got there, you came right up to me and you said, you know, hey, I'm replacing Nicole Hercules. I didn't even know that was happening. And right away, I'm like, wow, that's incredible. And then next thing you know, I saw you on Saturday night. I came up to you again. I think you could tell I was deeply moved. So let's start with that. I mean, seeing you at the convention and then seeing you at that Saturday night Legends event, that was off the chain, sir. I told someone probably about a week ago, we were just kind of recapping that entire week, but particularly that night, always said the convention is a special event to get to because you get to reconnect. For us, we get to kind of lay out our vision for the next year. But that single Saturday night event was unlike anything I've ever been a part of in soccer. From hearing the stories to meeting the people to seeing it all kind of put together in one location, what Nicole did to make that night happen the way it did was unbelievable. But to be a part in it, I'm getting chills now thinking about it. It was something that moved me truly to my core. And I think everyone that was in that room that night probably felt the same, but the energy was electric. You could feel it. It was just special to be around so many great people and to be able to celebrate them all together is, is something I'll never forget. I have those same chills and I'm glad you brought it up. Okay, before we find out how Nicole Hercules picked you to chair, particularly coming off a time where it feels like you've arrived and I hope so. I mean, I know there's still progress to be made. I still know there's hurdles to be hurdled, but you know, we're going to do our best every single day, but tell us about Andrew Richardson. You've got a blank canvas. Tell us where you grew up. Tell us about your family. Tell us what college you went to and tell us what you do now, Andrew, before we get into this big role. Sure. So I am born, raised, still in Columbia, South Carolina. I come from a family that's Gamecocks through and through. My grandfather was the first black coach ever at the University of South Carolina and was inducted into the Athletic Hall of Fame at USC. My dad played football at South Carolina. My mom's a South Carolina alum. They allowed me to send applications out when I was getting ready for college, but it, it was signed, sealed, and delivered the day I was <laughs> born. So all I know is, is Columbia, South Carolina from that regard, but uh, I was really fortunate to be introduced to the game at an early age, largely because my mom just needed something for me to do. So at four, I started playing, and then at eight or nine, I was really fortunate that my coach really for the rest of my life became Mark Burson, a legend of the collegiate game and, you know, did 40 plus years at South Carolina. And he was my rec coach to my club coach, to a mentor. And I was just be able to be around him. And, and he taught me two things. He taught me how to play the game. And then more importantly, he taught me to love the game. So he taught me really everything that I have tried to pass on as a coach since I was nine. I had the opportunity to play collegiately before a, a, a groin injury. My freshman year kind of ended my playing career. And that was probably the best thing that's ever happened to me. 18 years old, I remember texting my old high school assistant coach who had just gotten his first head job, like, hey, can I come shadow you for a day? Coaching might be something I'm interested in. And so he said, yeah, by all means, come to practice. You know, we're right down the street. At the end of that day, he walked up to me with a contract. And that was my first coaching gig as an assistant with him and did that at a, a Catholic school here in Columbia and got to be a part of him building the program to what it is now. And, you know, my last year there, I was 21. We won a state championship for the first time in about a decade. We had two All-Americans. We had Gatorade Player of the Year. We were loaded. And the whole team was coming back. And all of a sudden, I got a phone call from Mark Burson. There's a head job open at a school called Heathwood Hall, which was one of our rivals. 
and and they'd like for you to come interview. I said, Coach, they're they're not very good. I don't know if I want any parts of that. He said, No, no, you need to go. I said, Coach, I don't really know if Andrew, you're going, because if nothing else, you need to learn how to interview. And as they say, the rest is history. I I walked onto this campus and met with the athletic director and fell in love with it. Before you know it, that's 12 years ago, and it's been a incredible ride. I started off as just a part-time soccer coach, and now I'm the associate athletic director, the sports information director. I've been involved with three different sports on campus, and it's been a beautiful, beautiful place to be. It's a special place, but, you know, life happens. So got married in 2021. Our son was born May of last year, and somewhere in there, I started a company, started a digital media company that specializes in content creation and social media management, and That took off on me a little bit. And, you know, after this school year, I'm going to do that full time. So still be coaching on the high school level and on the club level. And I'll start my first year working with a WPSL team here in Columbia this summer. But in a nutshell, that's that's it. It's been what Columbia has provided to me. And, you know, hopefully I'm just going to work the rest of my life to continue to pay that back. So that's awesome because your email, I think, has this new company in your email. So let's let's plug that new company because that was one part that I wasn't sure about. And you've just kind of laid the perfect story right there, Andrew. What's the name of your new company where people can find it? V3 Creative. It looks like the Roman numeral eight. We're on all forms of social media, as I think we probably should be considering that's what we do. We got a website, which is v3creative.com. It's really become something that's really special to me. Our name is special to me. It's the Roman numeral eight. One of my players in 2012, Twenty late August of his junior year, he passed away in an ATV accident, and he was our number eight. We retired his jersey. I spoke at his funeral, but his family and I are still super close, and I always knew whenever we started the company, I had to figure out a way to make that work. So it's V3. It's Roman numeral eight. The three Vs stand for vision, value, and versatility, which is what we try to bring to the table. So whether it's an athletic organization, a small business, an athletic department, a club, we try to help them find digital solutions to market their product. All right. So just so I'm clear, you are going to remain the high school coach at where you currently are, where you're the associate AD, but you're going to get rid of your associate AD and all your other roles, but stay there as the high school coach. So I have that right, Andrew? I'm actually going to leave the program. So I'm actually looking right now to find another high school gig to take part in. It's just, I just don't want to be selfish. I think on this campus, we're a small independent school. We've got about 270 kids in ninth through 12th grades. And in order for a team to be successful and a coach to be successful, they really need to be on campus. They need to be building those relationships with younger kids and with returners. And I didn't want to hold the program hostage just because I wasn't willing to let the program go. So I kind of went against what our head of school and AD wanted, which is having me stay because I I did paint the picture for them that, hey, you need to find somebody who can come in here and, and do this well. I'll find something. So we're in the process right now of trying to find my replacement. And at the same time, I'm trying to find the next high school gig within Columbia that I can hopefully make an impact on their program. Tell us what club that you're going to work for or you have been working for. I am one of the co-founders of Soda City FC. That's a UPSL team in Columbia. We advanced to the UPSL national semifinals three years ago, and we've grown since then. We've added in futsal and the youth academy and our WPSL side. So I'll be moving into the WPSL season here really pretty soon we've got tryouts coming up in just under a month and I think we're we're going to be able to put together a pretty strong roster of some kids some young ladies that are really dedicated to fine-tuning their craft and, and getting themselves ready for their college season so Soda City FC is something that's been pretty special to me I'm excited to see where we can go. 
I knew we had a connection. I didn't know it was that deep. You know, I live in Chapel Hill. I do a lot with Anson Dorrance. Anson Dorrance's roommate was Mark Burson. Mm -hmm. One of the first games the NSCA did on Fox Soccer Channel was at the graveyard with Mark Burson and Shellis Heineman taking on each other way back in the early yes. 2000s. So the fact that you gave credit to Mark is phenomenal. And then I think I mentioned my son did his first two years of college at the University of South Carolina and loved it as well. So that's a really cool connection, Andrew. We got to always remember that, okay? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a special place. And Mark's yeah, unbelievable. Indeed. That's a lot, by the way. Your career is fascinating. You're young, and it's and congratulations, by the way, on being a new father and and your marriage and all of these great things and your company taking off and boom goes the dynamite. You are now the chair of the black soccer coaches community at a time where they've never been more relevant, right? They've never been more magical for, for lack of a better word. Cause I'm feeling their magic and their movement and their motion. And you know, whether it's Lincoln or whether it's Mike Curry or whether it's Esang or next week, Hugh and Nicole, and you know, we're just going to keep on going with it. How did it happen? How did Nicole find you? And how did you say, oh, yeah, by the way, I can also do that as well as all this other stuff I got going on? Right. So I have a very special relationship with with the black soccer coaches. My first convention was 2014. Only reason why I got to go is because I was in the, that first 30 under 30 class. And as we were going through that, I had the chance to meet Sammy Boating, who's now the assistant coach at Michigan on the women's side, you know, we just kind of naturally gravitated towards each other. And he tells me at some point in the week, like, Hey, set aside Friday afternoon, we're going to the black coaches meeting. And I was like, okay, well, we'll go, we'll check it out. <laughs> and it was the first time for me at 24, 25 years old that I'd ever been in a room of all black coaches. And so I was sold immediately. Like, I don't care what it takes. I will stay connected to this group. And we, I was, and as you know, the leadership changed hands and as it became Nicole in charge, it became a situation where she is so incredible at connecting with people and convincing you that you can do more than you think you can. We all wanted to fight for her. We all wanted to do whatever she needed. And then we would be able to put in our own two cents and our own flavor. And she did such a great job of taking all these ideas and putting it all together that we thought we were just going to ride with Nicole forever. And then she she kind of drops drops a bomb on us and says, yep, this is it. This is the end of my, my term. I've got some other things I think I can do. My first thought was, God, I don't know who's going to fill that role, but they got huge shoes <laughs> to fill. And then my phone rings. I'm like, no, no, this can't be it. This y'all, y'all made a mistake here. Cause my first thought was, well, if she's called me, that means she's probably 40 or 50 people into phone calls. And <laughs> she's, she's been here and know a lot. And, and then she laid it out for me. And the, what she has said is, you know, she has been able to find certain things and be able to connect people in a certain way, but has missed on a few things that she thinks my, my skill set fits. Mm. And so the moment she said that, I said, well, if Nicole's vision has worked for us so far, her vision for me is going to be the next best thing. How do I make this work? So it took maybe a week or two for me to figure out what her blueprint was. I saw it. We started to build the team. Once we put together the vice chairs, I knew. I knew we had something special. That's really what it's, what it's felt like so far. So simple answer she asked. I think I was the first person to agree to it. I don't know if that makes me the crazy one or not, but 
we locked in four unbelievable vice chairs. And next thing you know, we were, we were moving along. Let's go ahead and say those names of those four vice chairs. Can we do that, sir? Absolutely. Let's do it. So I have to tell you this. The first two were easy to get. Sammy Boating was it, you know, he just moved on from being the head coach at Western Michigan to being the first assistant or I'm sorry, one of the assistant coaches at University of Michigan. Mario Felix was wrapping up his his last year as an assistant at Missouri. And and those two were easy. You know, I told them and I talked to Nicole that I said, hey, this there are unbelievable young black female coaches who we have to stay locked in with. And we all knew when we had all said that who the two we were looking for were. We just had to convince them. So it was literally the Friday of the convention. I think it was a couple hours before our open meeting, before I was able to convince Maya Hayes, who's an assistant in Minnesota, and Marsha Harper, who's the head coach at American, that this was something they could do and do well and would make us better. With the four of them really running the show and I just kind of make sure that they've got what they need, I think we're, we're poised for a lot of success because they're, they're young coaches, they're talented coaches, and they care about people, which is why I think our group has been successful over the last couple of years. Well, and I also think when people hear this interview, everybody will agree that Nicole Hercules once again knew what she was doing in picking you. And I swear I'm saying that in a non sycophantic way the way you carry yourself is incredible now yeah you know you got to put it out there so let's end with that like when you think about her blueprint including this governance and capitalizing on this momentum because we're all feeling it right i mean all you gotta do is listen to the show and and feel it let alone be in the room or know what you're doing behind the scenes but what are some key things you want to do moving forward andrew to capitalize on this momentum and once again a tip of the hat to nicole the biggest task for us is to really not take a step backwards. We were visible. We were almost aggressively loud with how we wanted to go about our work in Philadelphia, but we also want to be consistent. So we want to make sure that part of the reasons why we had success in Philadelphia are also reasons why we have success in Anaheim and why we have success in those 11 months in between convention prep, convention activity, convention recap, how do we build on that? And I think we've we've structured that in a couple of different ways that I think are going to be, it's going to change, hopefully it's going to change the landscape of soccer for Black coaches around the world. First, we want to highlight and find and mentor our young coaches. Identifying young coaches is, is a task that has been a challenge for us, but now they're here. And now we want to do our, our part to empower them to be as successful as they can be, to have the resources that they need, whether that's hosting courses, coaching courses on our facilities, getting our coaches involved in the coaching education side of leadership. And as we do that, we want to continue to be visible and we want to continue to make strides with providing opportunities to coaches who are deserving and willing. I think it's easy to fall back on, well, we don't have enough coaches doing that. Well, do we have the coaches who are capable? And if we do, then it's on us to make sure that those people get into the right rooms. It's, it's on us to make sure that we're all as prepared as we need to be for those opportunities. And then when we get them, we have to excel. And that's, that's something that I think we're trying to do internally. But we also want to make sure that as we do that well, and as we find successes, we want to make sure that all of our community groups are able to do that and find successes and become the kind of situation where we're all celebrating the, the wins that we have 
and we're also prepping for the next wave of them as they come. So mentorship is going to be huge. Coaching education from facilitating courses to actually doing the work to put the courses on to making sure that the coaches who need those courses all have them. Increasing our visibility when it comes to representation across all levels, high school, college, pro, international, multi-gender. We want to make sure we're as well positioned as we can to be successful and then share that blueprint with anyone else who's, who's ready and willing to, to make those strides for themselves. Phenomenal answer from a phenomenal young man, Andrew Richardson, the new chair of the Black Soccer Coaches Community. And Andrew, I feel like as part of the blueprint, the timing of this interview is perfect because you let me kind of walk through some legends knowing that we wanted to get to you. Now we're here. We're going to keep on talking to legends. We're going to keep on talking to those young coaches that you're talking about. And we're going to keep on talking to the point where we no longer have to say, yo, by the way, he's part of the black soccer coaches community. He's just another great coach and another great person. I really enjoyed this interview. I enjoyed the timing of it. I enjoyed your answers, your story, all of it, Andrew. Thank you so much for kicking off this week's United Soccer Coaches podcast. It's been a pleasure, Dean. I appreciate you and what you've done for the association, what you continue to do for us. It's, it's, it's something we don't take for granted. And I certainly will not take this role for granted ever, Andrew. You have my promise on that. Coming up next, another big, big brain in Jason Sachs, the president of the Positive Coaching Alliance. He was all over the convention. He has ties to our presenting sponsor, League Apps. He did a massive culture forum with NWSL. And, of course, he's a great partner with United Soccer Coaches. Jason Sachs, president of the Positive Coaching Alliance, when we return. Introducing the first ever CoachCon, presented by Soccer.com in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, August 11th through the 13th. Register now to experience distinct coaching education from top-level professionals and earn a special topics diploma in game analysis or organizational leadership. Spots are extremely limited. Register today at unitedsoccercoaches.org slash CoachCon. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Lee Gaps. We're so pleased to be joined by Jason Sachs, who is the president of the Positive Coaching Alliance. I want to remind you the vision of Positive Coaching Alliance, which some people refer to every once in a while as PCA. It says, our vision is a world where every young person benefits from a positive youth sports experience with a coach who inspires them to become the best version of themselves in the game and in life and with that we welcome back jason sachs jason thanks for being on this week's podcast thanks so much for having me dean yeah i want to kind of go back to that vision and then also say this statement that you guys often stand behind and that is positive coaching alliances goal is to change culture and behavior throughout youth sports can you talk about that and how you do it i appreciate you bringing that up and being able to dive right into that because youth and high school sports in our country is such a massive platform you know, when you think about 35 million kids playing youth sports each year outside of the school system, it's the largest institution where kids gather in our country. If we use this as a platform for teaching them life lessons, teaching them things that are going to stay with them long after their playing days are over, we'll really make sure that we're maximizing that potential of that opportunity. But if we go in and we're only focused on the win at all costs, we're only focusing on winning and losing and we're, and we're losing out on the opportunity to teach kids things like adversity, bouncing back from mistakes, 
resilience, teamwork, things that like they're going to use that in the classroom. They're going to use that with their families. They're going to use that in the workplace. It takes everybody to do this. It's not just on the coaches. It's not just on the parents. It's organizational leaders, coaches, parents, officials, the athletes themselves, all to be aligned on what youth sports can be. If it's done right, we know that there are positive outcomes and we know that those things are going to keep kids involved in the sport longer, which we all want. And it's going to lead to more opportunity for them to do things outside of the sport as well. Well, I'm glad you used the word align because there are three entities that you are aligned with among many, which is what is great about what you're doing at the Positive Coaching Alliance. The first one I want to talk about is your alignment with United Soccer Coaches. You were front and center again at the convention. Talk about why that continues to be important to Jason Sachs and PCA. I mean, when you walk into that convention center each year, like every year I'm amazed at how many people are there, right? And it says like, this is where the business of soccer takes place. Like everyone in the soccer landscape is in one place for four or five days. And so it's just this unbelievable opportunity to make connections, to interact with coaches that are doing the work at the grassroots level. I mean, you have everyone that is coaching an AYSO second grade team to the leadership of U.S. soccer all in the same place, right? So when you think about that, it's just this amazing opportunity because when PCA, we think about like, how can we scale? How can we get in front of as many people as possible? The fact that we're able to present a couple workshops throughout the weekend on the schedule is great because that brings people into our universe. That might be the first time they hear of PCA and they go through one of our coaching workshops. This year, we co presented one of our new workshops, Coaching with Empathy. And they, they go through that workshop and say, hold on, how do I bring this back to my coaches at my league? And then we can start talking about different partnerships that we have at that grassroots level. So it's a great way to connect with individuals at all levels. And the United Soccer Coaches, they, they do a great job of bringing that community together at this convention each year. Another alignment and partnership is League Apps. This podcast is sponsored by League Apps. I discovered at the convention that you were friends with one of the smartest people I know, Jeremy Goldberg, who also calls you one of the smartest people he knows. So talk about that collaboration. Yeah, League Apps is a great, great company in the youth sports landscape. What I love about League Apps, not only the work and the attention that they give to all of their partners, their youth sports partners, we've gotten to know them really well through our professional league partnership. So whether that be the junior NBA or major league baseball and RBI programs, they do great work, but I, I love the way, the culture that they've built, that Jeremy and Brian have built at League Apps. It's a great place to work. It's a great, they have a great team that is really passionate about making sure that youth sports is, is done the right way and making it as easy as possible for youth sports leaders to be able to focus on the other things like coach development and player development and not have to deal with some of the admin things that League Apps can take care of. So PCA is excited to be a partner of League Apps. We work with them in a variety of different ways, everything from sharing content to doing events together to their fun play initiatives where they're providing free software to organizations in underserved communities. Those organizations will then also have access to PCA coach training as well. So we appreciate them being an avenue for us to deliver some of our trainings. The last one I think is powerful because I began by reading your vision where it says, again, our vision is a world where every young person benefits from a positive youth sports experience with a coach who inspires them to become the best version of themselves in the game and in life. You did a culture summit with the NWSL. Anybody that loves soccer, knows anything about soccer, knows that there have been, for lack of a better word, quote, culture issues 
within the NWSL that we think are going in the positive way. One way to do that is to align with Positive Coaching Alliance. And in fact, you yourself, Jason Sachs, tell us what you did with the NWSL as part of your time at the convention in Philadelphia. It was a great day with, with all of the NWSL teams, their coaching staff, their general managers, and their assistant GMs. And I really want to call out their new commissioner, Jessica Berman, for her having the vision of when she took over last spring, you know, she knew what was ahead of her with the different reports that were coming out, the the H report, the NWSL Players Union um, joint report investigation around the abuses, mental, physical, sexual abuses that were happening throughout the NWSL over the last several years. And she knew that the league was at this interesting point where there was so much excitement around some of the new teams coming into the, the, the league, like Angel City, some of the new ownership groups, and while also dealing with a lot of cleanup for some of the, the wrongdoers that were involved in the league previously. So she came to PCA, she said, I know the work that you all have done at the youth level, at the high school level, with other national governing bodies, but I think this can actually work with our coaches as well. And she said, I want to do a culture summit. I'm not sure exactly what that means, but PCA has the network and has the resources and has the trainers to be able to deliver this message. So we put together a, a six-hour day to focus on three themes. One was building organizational culture. The second one was how do you coach with empathy? How do you motivate in a positive way? And then the third way was how do you deliver criticism and have hard conversations? Because at the professional level, that's definitely happening. Coaches need to make hard decisions. They need to critique their, their players. General managers need to make tough decisions. It's, it's people's like jobs that they're they're in control of, right? So they're making those hard conversations, but all of those three things need to align to make sure that you have a positive culture. So we brought in some of our national advisory board members, sports psychologists, researchers in the sports community, as well as Dan Helfridge, who's the CEO of Deloitte, who is a partner of PCA. And he talked about leadership management and developing team culture. And so when you have a room of 60 to 70 people, all professional level coaches from the NWSL plus their general managers. And we did some breakout groups where all the GMs got to work together, all the head coaches worked together, and then all the assistant and goalkeeper coaches worked together. And we've gotten great feedback and, and we're continuing conversations with the league on how can we continue these types of resources and conversations with the teams throughout the entire season, because you're not going to change everything in one session, right? You're not going to change things overnight. They've done a great job of investing. They want to invest in the players, and they also know that they need to give the resources and invest in the coaches as well. You're right. It's not going to happen in one day, but in those six hours, what's your takeaways? How did you feel the reception was from the NWSL? We've heard so much positive feedback. We did a survey afterwards, and 95% of the attendees wanted us to bring something similar back to their team so they could get the entire organization on the same page. And I, and I give credit to the, to the league and to the, everyone that was in the room that day because this was Friday of that, that week. They had the draft the night before. That's a late night. There's a lot of work leading up to that. And then they were asked to be in that room at you know 8 a.m. the next morning. And, and many of us admitted, many of them admitted to us like, hey, I walked in, I was tired. I didn't know what I was getting into. But by the end of the day, they said, this was fantastic. This was productive. We're starting our off-season training in two weeks, and this has laid the foundation for what we want our team to be and what we want our culture to be. So the fact that they were able to set aside those six hours to interact with their team, learn best practices from others, and then it's been great to see 
as we've seen some different clips of coaches on online as they've kicked off their season, really bringing some of those messages into their messaging to the team as well. So we, we feel like this is just the beginning of a, a great partnership with the NWSL. We appreciate Commissioner Berman and her staff and really recognizing that the need for it, but then also investing to make sure that it actually happens. To me, Jason Sachs, that means that when we think about positive coaching alliance, and I mentioned that your goal is to change culture and behavior throughout youth sports, now you're bigger than that because NWSL is not youth sports, it's pro sports. So really, PCA's vision or mission is bigger. Am I reading that wrong? I mean, we're just going to change the world, right? I mean, <laughs> but, but in, all serious, in all seriousness, if you look at, there, there's such, the professional sports leagues have a really big impact on youth sports. And you see that with a lot of the sports leagues investing in more youth programming and making sure that that is done the right way. Um, and I think that the important thing was there was a correlation between, you know, the Yates report and youth sports. They said a lot of the things that were happening have been happening all through youth sports. So it's something that people just got used to and it almost became acceptable. So yes, we are always going to work at the youth sports level, but when you think, think about some of the different governing bodies that we've worked with, USA Gymnastics, USA Water Polo, USA Lacrosse, like all these governing bodies that we're working with, those are our Olympic level coaches and Olympic level athletes. So it is really at that high level. And we've even taken some of our content and training to the corporate world. And we've done positive motivation for manager workshops at Google and Deloitte and some of the other top companies around the country. So they recognize that this is not just something that's for youth sports coaches. When you get to the root of our content and the way that we deliver it, it actually can be used in business, in corporate settings, in professional level settings, in your own household, like whatever it might be, it transfers across. It's just how we're then uh, presenting it and what those distribution channels might be for how we present it. But this is really something that because youth sports and professional sports are so closely linked, we think that everybody will go back to that alignment. They need to be aligned. And you talked about some of our key partners, right? Like we're not going to do this alone. We are an organization that partners with organizations. So that alliance is so important. That's probably the most important word in our name is that alliance because we need others to make sure that we get our work done. It is an important word, but the word positive coaching in today's world is also great as well as we tie it all together. I do want to go back. You're always worth listening to. And one thing that I did hear as part of your experience in Philadelphia is this session on empathy. Can you break down kind of what your key points were of that session? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's really when you think about empathy, right? It's it's how can you how can you be coaching and, and how is that that caring? How is that coming? through as a coach. And, and I think this is something that's always been important when it comes to coaching, right? We need to make sure that the well-being of our athletes is the most important thing as a coach, right? Like the winning and the losing and the teaching the sport, that's all going to come. But when we think about coaching and empathy, empathy is really listening to understand someone's perspective without judgment. So when you think about, when you think about where our country has been over the last few years, whether it's kids not being in school, kids not playing sports, kids being separated. When you think about just like the, the disrespect that we've seen in so many different communities that has marred our country for, the la for, for a long time, but especially the last few years, you think if, man, if, we, if, if, if everybody was just a little more empathetic, think about the changes that you can see. And I'll repeat what, I, what, what empathy is. It's listening to understand someone's perspective without judgment. 
So as a coach, when you show up to practice and you start thinking about what you can accomplish with your team, you know that all these kids that you're coaching are coming from different backgrounds, from different situations that might have happened to them during that day. There could be something going on in school. There could be something going on at home. So there's a lot of different things that we need to think about. And four things that we want coaches to do when they're coaching, and when, especially when it comes to empathy, it's thinking about their perspective, thinking about alignment on making sure their goals and alignment on, on their understanding with their, with, their, with their kids that they're coaching, the connection between them and their kids, and then the, the thinking about how they can actually have this all, all come together. So we really thinking about like, how can we pay attention as coaches? How can we look and listen and learn to what's happening with our kids? And so often as coaches and myself, I've coached at the high school and college level, like I get it, like you get all into what you think is best and you have a plan, but you really need to make sure that there's that connection between you and your team. And that's the most important thing because if you are connected and you've built that trust with your team, then that's going to allow you to do so much more, both performance-wise on and off the field. So we want to make sure that coaches, we're giving coaches specific tools and resources to make that connection with their athletes. That's awesome. You're hearing the voice of Jason Sachs, the president of Positive Coaching Alliance, PCA. I always get psyched when I get to speak with Jason because his background is similar to mine, short of his brain is 800 times bigger, but he holds an undergraduate degree in broadcast journalism from Syracuse, which is probably pushed out the best broadcast journalist in the country, if not the world, and a master's degree in sports management from New York University. If you listen to my show, you know that my boys are big into basketball, as he also served as assistant coach for the men's basketball team while at NYU. How did that degree, and I guess the sports management more applied, but how did the broadcast degree help you along the way as you pushed your way through PCA. And when you're done with that, I'm going to tell everybody all the things you've done at PCA because it's not like you just popped in as the president. You earned your way there. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that, Dean. I mean, I think it, it's great. I've, I've tried to really take every situation that and every um, role that I've had in my career and really try to get the most out of it and get the most experience and figure out how that can help me in the future. If you think about a broadcast journalism degree at Syracuse, it was so much Yes, I wanted to do the sports side of it, but they really, you know, drilled into you how to be a good journalism, how to be, you know, how to do things the right way. And when I think about the day-to-day -day work that I do at PCA, whether it's trying to, you know, find a new, you know, organization when I started with PCA to, you know, there was a lot of research that went involved in that. You had to learn about people. You had to ask questions. So if you think about all the things that I was doing as a journalist, it was the same exact thing I was doing to try to learn about people to figure out what made them tick and what they wanted within their sports organization or their school that, that might lead to a, a positive PCA partnership. So, so those are the types of things. I mean, the, the fact that a lot of my work has been external facing at PCA over the last 17 years. So whether it's presenting with the NWSL or you know, just getting back from NBA All-Star Weekend in Salt Lake City with our partners at the Junior NBA, being out and about and being able to connect with people and, you know, what I love doing is meeting someone, learning about their background, and then trying to connect the dots on how they might be able to support PCA. So I think the more time that I, I spend in, in front of the microphone, in front of the camera, like just sometimes being really nervous or uncomfortable, asking, you know, a Hall of Fame basketball coach or football coach a question when you're a, a student reporter, those are all types of things that 
hey, you know what, maybe you don't have all the skills or the background, but you just need to, you know, fake it till you make it almost and just and feel like you're in the room. And that that carried over to when I was at NYU, I was a year and a half, two years older than some of the the players that I was coaching. So Mm -hmm. it was an interesting dynamic there. But building that respect and trust with them uh, made it an enjoyable experience. And I learned a lot. So Great answer. And as I already alluded to, I was going to break down the fact that prior to becoming president of PCA, you served in different capacities, including the chief development officer, the EVP for business development and philanthropy, the executive director of PCA Chicago chapter, as well as the director of partnership development. You started your career at PCA as the partner development associate for the New Jersey, Philadelphia region. I point that out because you put in your time to learn all the facets And I like those kind of stories, Jason, where they didn't have to look outside of their family to find the right leader. How important was it for you to take all of those steps? Well, I joke that, you know, if you stay around somewhere long enough, they're just going to keep changing your title. And and eventually, (laughs) maybe maybe you'll get maybe you'll get a one like the president. But no, I mean, Dean, to be honest, I never thought that I would when I started a PCA. I thought that, okay, like this is something that I'll I'll try for a couple of years and and then I'll, I'll see what's next. But I think the great thing that PCA has allowed me to do is the organization has obviously grown over those last 17 years. I've also had the opportunity to grow professionally. And and at every point in my career, when I felt like I was ready for something else, there was that other opportunity at PCA for me to explore, whether that was becoming our you know national sales director early on in my career. And that was more of an internal facing position, but it was something that taught me so much. I learned so much about the organization. I learned so much about managing people. I learned so much about the internal culture and how important that is to driving success of a team. And I also recognized that I, I couldn't do this for a long time, right? I, I needed to get back out there and be that external person. And it just so happened we were launching our Chicago chapter at the time. So I was able to become our executive director. And I was going to be happy doing that role for a long time. And then it just so happened somebody ended up leaving PCA unexpectedly. And there was this national position open to really start focusing on some of those national partnerships with pro leagues. And so I I think it's great because PCA has invested in me just as I've invested in the organization. And I feel like I know the organization inside and out. And I've sat on a lot of different sides of the organization, whether that be the grassroots level, whether that be at at the local level or the national level. So I feel like I can empathize with a lot of our staff around the country to know what they're going through and lean in when there might be a need or or things like that. So as much as I love the work that we do out externally, I also think it's extremely important on the internal culture that we have and how do we make this a great place to work. Well, that's why you're the president. So that works for me. All right. It's kind of uh, nearing our end of time. And while myself and my two boys deal with the dagger, knowing that you're out in Utah at the NBA All-Star game, and (laughs) we'd love to be there. I'm going to kind of call this into last word. What did I miss? And then also promotion kind of all in one. So Jason, as you think about your last word and what did I miss, what's important for you to share with our audience here, the 30,000 members, and then make sure you end with ways people can reach out to you and get PCA involved with their team, their club, their organization. I appreciate that opportunity, Dean. And I think one of the great things about PCA is over the last year, we've gone through a merger with uh, another nonprofit called Coaching Corps, which is an organization that was primarily focused on 
recruiting and training coaches. They were based in the Bay Area, but they only focused on underserved communities. And, and PCA started to do more work in underserved communities, but we also recognized that we want to make sports positive, accessible, and equitable for everyone that's playing. So like, why would somebody in Oakland have a different youth sports experience than somebody in Palo Alto, right? So there's obviously some systemic barriers that exist there, but at the same time, can, PCA wants to bring the, the right people to the table to try to facilitate what can we do to make sure that regardless of where a child is living, they're gonna have access to a positive youth sports experience. And that means, again, going back to that alliance and partnership side of things, we need to, to bring those right stakeholders together and, and be able to change some things and, and make sure that the park and rec and the school district in the same city are working together and making sure that people are looking out for different communities and making sure that they're having similar access. Because we know that when kids participate in a positive youth sports experience, there are so many benefits that come along with that. So let's figure out the way that we can break down barriers so that all kids have access to that. So I'm excited for us to grow that work. And one of the great things, I, I, we talked about the coaching with empathy course, and that was something that Coaching Corps had produced. And now we've been able to incorporate that into all of our, our training as well. So, so that's exciting. I would love for everyone to check us out at positivecoach.org. You can follow us on social at positivecoachus on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We put a lot of different content out there on a daily basis. So we're not just about training and resources, but we have online courses, we have in-person courses, we have Zoom training, and then we have a lot of bite-sized content that will help you get through your, your season as well. All right. And how about social media? Can we find you on social media? Yeah, you can find PCA at Positive Coach US, and then I'm at JRSAX22. So I'm, I'm mostly mostly posting about PCA-related things, probably some 76ers, Syracuse, and, and New York Giants stuff. So <laughs> if, if you want that, that's where you can find me. All right. That is awesome. You know, it's kind of interesting that Jeremy Goldberg pushed you forward because I had already spent time with you and tying it all together. You mentioned the NBA. I feel like you and I, no matter when we talk, we always jam to use it <laughs> NBA reference. Uh, it's always a pleasure, Jason. You are great at what you do and certainly um, great to catch up. Thanks so much for being on this week's United Soccer Coaches podcast. Thanks so much for the opportunity, Dean. Indeed, it was great to jam with Jason. It was great to jam with our first guest, Andrew Richardson. And we got a new jam coming up. Sitting down with me on Podcast Row at the convention are two amazing women, Karen Lynn Graves and Cerulia Gaylord, power players, doing big things for people and businesses that need a voice. I'll let them tell their story when we return after these messages. Performance analysis is now recognized as having a crucial role to play in any coaching program. The United Soccer Coaches Performance Analysis Level 1 Special Topics Diploma will provide coaches with real-world examples of how analysis is being used to enhance the individual player development process and maximize team performance. Additionally, successful candidates will achieve Level 1 accreditation as an Applied Performance Analyst from the International Society of Performance Analysis of Sport. Register now by visiting the master course schedule on unitedsoccercoaches.org. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Lee Gap's incredible evergreen material as part of our coverage of the United Soccer Coaches Convention in Philadelphia, where you meet luminaries, you meet people that are making a difference. Whew. Our guest today and her guest as well are indeed making a difference. I'm honored to be with Karen Lynn Graves, the executive director for Nabetsi. 
And you can learn more by going to nabedc.com. But let me first welcome in Carolyn Graves. Karen, good to see you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Well, I want to get right into it because I love the platform they've given me to give voices to everybody. I love the work that you told me before we came on the air, but I, people don't want to hear me. They want to hear you, Carolyn Graves. So tell us about what you do, what your purpose, and maybe even tie in why you're here. And then when you're done with that, we can welcome in your special guest. Absolutely. Well, thanks again for having us. And the reason why I'm here to serve this purpose is because we are official partner now of United Soccer Coaches. Mike Kudama, who has brought us in to be part of the diversity, equity, and inclusion portion of the organization. And so that's why we are here. And also we support the mission and vision that you guys have. But one thing that I'm noticing at this conference is the one phrase that I see, the home of all coaches. And so what that does is that ties back that diversity, equity, and inclusion arm as to why we're here. What's the number one reason why you felt like the United Soccer Coaches would be a great partner for your mission and your message? Because what we've learned over time is that the soccer coaches here, most of them are twofold. They either have a business or they're wanting to start a business. And that's what we're all about, business development efforts. And so one thing that we do know is when we look at the elements of, of sports and how that brings everybody together, so will their businesses. So we thought it was a natural fit for us to be here for that purpose. All right, with that, please introduce us to your very special guest and how she's tied into all the great work you're doing. Absolutely, so my guest, and she is the owner, founder, and CEO of Orchestrating Your Success, based in Arizona, and but she serves the nation and internationally as well. And the tie-in to her coming in is working under this grant, Nabedsi. Uh, we are with the Arizona Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. And Cerulea was one of my clients many years ago um, at our Minority Business Development Agency brought her in and it became a natural fit to understand how can we support you, Cerulea, in your efforts. And just getting to understand her business and the work that she does, our Arizona Hispanic Chamber of Commerce says, we need her skill and her talent to help us with these different grant platforms. So that's why we brought her in. That was a beautiful setup. Can you <laughs> talk about what it means to be aligned with Karen Lynn? Absolutely. You know, I feel like I, I have known Karen for many years, but we actually been knowing each other, what, maybe six, seven years? Yes. And we just kind of hit it off together. I first met Karen going to a workshop because I wanted to do business, um, how to do business with the federal government. And she happened to be there. And I think it was needed a capability statement. And she, that's how we got connected. And she did my capability statement. And she's like, hey, you, you got to get certified as a woman on small business and DBE. And she helped me through that process. And we kept in touch. And all of a sudden, uh, the Arizona Hispanic Chamber needed a project manager for one of their grants. Through me working with her, I was able to secure a contract with the Arizona Chamber of Commerce, and I've been working on their projects since 2019. You never know who you may meet at these different workshops and how they can bless you to help your business grow and then kind of turn around and hire you as a contractor. So what I do is a project management. So I come in and do projects for different organizations. And I love working with the Arizona Chamber of Commerce because I love working with businesses, giving them those, that mentorship encouraging them when things are you know pretty low you know and giving them information that 
this is how I did it. This is the mistakes I made. Don't make those mistakes, right? And then connecting them to different people, different organizations, especially if they want to go into like federal contracting. And that is so hard to get into and knowing those steps. And those are the steps that Arizona Chamber of Commerce helped me with in my own business. And now I'm teaching those, you know, those steps to other minority-owned businesses and how to get into that type of contracting. Can you paint a picture of the collaboration and the mission when you align with somebody as talented as Cerulea? Absolutely. So if I if I may paint that picture in terms of how those incremental Please. steps actually happen. So what we do in our role um, is we do an assessment. We get to understand who the client is and you know their needs, do kind of an, uh, a needs assessment. And then we break down and help them break down their goals in- incrementally. The resources that we have at the Arizona Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, we're directly to not, you know, tied to different community partners or resources, as um, Cerulea had mentioned early on. You know, we get very technical when we speak because we're so passionate. We're in front of you and your audience can't see us, but we have that, ah, that passion. But making sure our clients are receive certification so that they may be able to compete in other areas, federal, state, local, government or we make sure that they are connected by marketing tools and resources that we help them with, websites, you know, just to give an example. But when we're tying everything together, I I feel like all of us are those unique coaches to help that client on their path, on their journey. So when people are coming to us, they get that one-on-one attention, the wraparound services, the hand-holding, no matter where they are in their business, there's a place for them where we are. You're hearing the wisdom and passion of Karen Lynn Graves, the executive director with Nabedsi and doing great things. Just announced a partnership with United Soccer Coaches. I commented earlier that you can go to nabedc.com to learn more. When I do, what will I learn? You're going to see some success stories that we have on our website. You're going to see um, how people have been able to overcome a lot of different adversities to be able to thrive to get to where they are. You will see where people have struggled who have went, you know, almost homeless, you know, and I actually fit into that story as well, to where they are today. And um, you will see a lot of our clients have, you know, multi-million dollar contracts now. But the biggest thing that we're seeing, too, is how they are employing people and how they are giving back to the communities to which they've come from. So you will see a lot of that when you go to our website and too, just our, our direct connection and in our different locations. So although we are housed in Arizona at the Arizona Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, we have a satellite office at Native American Fatherhood and Families Association, which is in Mesa. And then we also have different partnerships. So we have different satellite office throughout Utah, Nevada, Navajo Nation and beyond. So, wow. Yeah. So really, you just heard her say that when I go to this website, and I'm going to because I find you both fascinating and empowering, and obviously diversity, equity, inclusion is a big part of what United Soccer Coaches is about. She mentioned success stories. In your world, in what you do, what is a success story? It gives minority-owned businesses motivation to keep going, right? A lot of times when you're, business is hard. I'm gonna tell you right now, business is hard. I mean, you know, I started my business and, you know, I almost went broke (laughs) before I got that one big contract, right? And then it set me off, right? So when we talk about businesses, we wanna make sure they have the foundation. You don't know what you don't know, right? So when businesses get into business, like, okay, I wanna open up a business, but they, they don't know how to make sure that foundation is right you know, how to do their LLCs. Are you registered with whatever state? Do you have a EIN number? 
right, with the IRS. You know, do you have a website? Are, if, are you selling things? Do you have TPT, right? So we take them through that process and give them the confidence that, yes, now your business is on solid foundation. Now let's take it to the next level, right? Let's expand. Let's think outside the box. Thinking about exporting. You know, we're bringing a lot of our clients that are making $500,000 or more. Have you thought about exporting? Most of them haven't. Why not? Because no one has given them that information or given that possibility that they can, you know, export their services and or their products. So just kind of give them that, uh, that um, information um, and give them that motivation that, yes, you can do it. A lot of our small businesses, that's what they're, they're small, right? They're just making enough money just to take care of their families and then going through COVID-19. A lot of our clients, um, we, we kept afloat. You know, Arizona Chamber of Commerce actually gave out $1,000 grants a week for some of our clients to keep them going, to keep their employees employed. That's the kind of work that, you know, we do and making sure that our, our, our minority-owned businesses are continuing to grow and helping them out in that, you know, sometimes that difficult areas. It's just amazing to work um, with our um, partners and the growth that these businesses have from when they're like making zero dollars and now they're making 200,000. You'd be like, yes. yes. <laughs> All right. Yes. All you right. know what? And to pick up on that success, Soria, <laughs> one thing when we look at success, she talked, she tapped on it. It's the failures. You know, most of our businesses, the ones that are those higher success rates, you will see how many times they have failed, but they never gave up. They never did. And you have a lot of personal journeys and stories that go along with that. So when we look at our business development or why people started their business, something had to happen to them personally to get to where they are right now. So when we look at the successes, you also look at the challenges. But the one thing that we're doing is that we're bringing so many different resources in from so many different angles so that people are continuously successful. When Cerulea had talked about those success grants, we, we, use, we use different terms, right? We're gonna throw out every acronym in the world to you. But when, for our, our Arizona Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, when we started looking at success grants, um, what we did was our, Monica Villalobos, she is the president and CEO of the, of the chamber, and she went to banking partners, she went to everyone, and she said, listen, these businesses are gonna go out of business unless we all come together today to help them. And she said, we're not taking any part of this. That money is passed through, give it to them direct. Here's their EIN, put money in their accounts, please. And there were a lot of banking partners that came and stepped up to the plate to keep those businesses open. And what we didn't know was until after the fact, until these grant, the grant, the success dollars went out, how it kept businesses open. We had one of our business owners, she only needed, she needed $40 to keep the internet on because her business was internet related. She didn't open up and say anything. So when she got that $1,000 check, that was life changing. So we, these, these little things, those little you know, infusion of money, relationships, has, has been a core driver to why our businesses have become successful. Impactful, and because of that, I wanna know your journey. Who Absolutely. are you and how did you get here? Tell us your journey. Well, I was born December 6, 19. <laughs> Excuse me. No I'm kidding. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so I grew up in a very strong military family. 
So my father was in the Air Force. He retired at Chief Master Sergeant and my mom, Ballistic Missile. And even my sister was in the military as well. So my journey, I'll start my professional journey and get there relatively quick. So went to school, you know, graduated from college, had a life-changing moment by listening to Susie Orman. She had made a comment and it just changed my life from that day forward. Ended up quitting my job and worked for the state of Arizona where I served um, on a grant project with the former governor. So I was the official voice of a phone number. If you called the number 211, you heard my voice. And I was also a a data content manager. Well, what happened was that governor went on to work with a president and um, a new governor came in. And when she came in, she said, thank you for your time, Karen. We don't need you anymore. And I didn't know. I wasn't prepared. I didn't know what was going on. And I had started my business many years prior. I've actually had my business since 1996, but I didn't know what to do. So I had to kick into survival mode. So what I did was I took what I know. And the, the only thing that I know is technical writing and business. Those are two things that my talents that have been given to me, if you will. So I started becoming doing resume services and I started working with our military men and women in Afghanistan, Dubai and Germany and they were sending people over to me. And so when I lost my job, I lost everything, used up my retirement. Um, I found myself being a month away from being homeless, had to reach out to family, which is something I was beyond embarrassed to do. And my sister and my family came to the rescue to save me, you know, got me my home and everything else. Well, cut two, I took what I knew, my passion and my business, and I started presenting with the, with a former colleague. And someone heard us talk, they heard me present, and they said, hey, I think the Arizona Hispanic Chamber of Commerce um, MBDA Business Center is hiring. Would you be interested? Made that connection, and long story short, that's how I ended up getting the job. But even parallel to that, I was going to have my daughter go live with my sister as I was going to go join the military. So I had lost, when I say everything, being that month away from being homeless and and we hear these stories i'm not i am not a you know there's a million me's out there that have went through that and just being able to take what i knew and just work with that was you know what got me to where i am right now so i was able my my boss at the time um and my boss right now monica villalobos they were able to see a different talent in me to say you do what grant writing so now i serve as the, you know, my business serves as their grant writer on the side. So over the past couple of years, we've generated millions of dollars with these different grants. So now I'm utilizing my business skills at the Arizona Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, and I also serve as the executive director. So there's a lot of different parallels to be able to tell that story in my journey as to how I got here today. And you also have a family as well? I do. I have a husband, and I have five kids and wow. two grandkids. And All right. Yes, I love my family. Got a, got a gorgeous family. I love and um, they are the most empowered in family. You know, we, we teach, uh, my husband and, and me, we teach our kids how to also be business owners and make sure you have different streams of revenue. You know, don't, I, I don't ever want anybody to go through what I went through. And I wish I had a Karen Lynn Graves or a Cerulea Gaylord or Arizona Hispanic Chamber of Commerce back in 96 when I had started my business. I think I'd be in a different position today. And so, but that's what we teach our family. So all of our kids, 100 of them, 100% of them, all 100 of our kids, 100% of our kids um, own their own business all of them do and so we have the talents of you know an esthetician my daughter you know we have a musician my son we have uh, my other son who you know who who um does car services you know you know um and then my my daughter you know who's you know she's a counselor you know my my son-in-law you know he's a business owner the whole family is even the grandbaby we're making her a business owner too you know so i mean that's business is running in our blood i love that proud mom i'm all about family so thanks for sharing can you also share your journey as well I'm actually born and raised in Albany, New York. 
So I came out to Arizona to go to Arizona State University and um, wind up going there for a couple of years and then wind up saying, well, you know what? I got to work 40 hours a week. I better go get a job. (laughs) (laughs) So I wind up getting a job and um, I went to University of Phoenix uh, because that worked um, primarily with my, my schedule. And my background, I was going to school for IT and because I thought I was going to be in IT, get into a company, work 25 years, and, you know, retire. <laughs> but that didn't happen. There was a class um, that I was taking in school called project management. And it was probably maybe like maybe the third or last class I had to take. And I was like, that is it. That is what I want to do is be a project management consultant. And I remember during my very, very last class, they said, well, where do you see yourself in five years? And the first thing I said was, I wanted to own my own business in project management. Now was back in 20, 2007. And I didn't realize that dream until 2015. Okay, so it took some time because I wanted to kind of get into the field and kind of fill it out. And I finally made that step in 2015 to start my business. Um, and then in 2017, I got laid off. So I had an option, either go get another job or to go full-time into my business and make it work. So I decided to take that risk in 2017 when I got laid off and go full-time, and I never looked back. All right, I love that you shared your journey. I, one of the things I like to do, and we're going to have you on again, okay, because we've just started this collaboration with United Soccer Coaches. We're honored that they see value, that you see value, and we continue to make strides in diversity, equity, inclusion as well, which is part of your statement, right, part of what you're all about. So if folks didn't hear anything, okay, until right now, what do you want to make sure they hear about the fact that you are now tied into United Soccer Coaches? And I want you to say your entity loud and proud. I want you to say your website. I want to hear you. Absolutely. So if I can say one thing, start a business. If you are thinking about starting a business, if you already have a business, enhance that. Enhance your offerings. Um, if you're thinking about start a business, you know, make sure you get with the likes of who we are, you know, and how we're funded. You know, the um, Minority Business Development Agency um, under U.S. Department of Commerce. There's one in almost every single state that will be able to get them connected or come directly to us, and we'll be able to help them. But the biggest thing that I can say is start that business because they will change other people's lives as well. They will create jobs. They will create, you know, some export. And at the end of the day, revenue. That's what we're about, revenue generation. Don't forget that website. That website is, thank you, www.nabedc.com, nabedc.com. Yeah, nabedc.com. Karen Lynn, that's a great (laughs) last word. You get a last word as well. (laughs) If they heard nothing else, what do you want them to hear about your relationship here? I would say take the risk. You only live one time. And if you have something in your heart, a business idea, take it do something with it because otherwise somebody else is going to do something with it right take the risk you know you'll be amazed at the success that you will have it's taking that first step it's taking that first leap right and we're here 
you have we have someone here to help you to develop that dream to take it slow you know and when I started my business I didn't know what I was doing <laughs> I have no clue I will just just jump in it and then yeah. she came over and yes, I was like here's yes. what you're gonna do yeah. but <laughs> once you once you take that leap I met Karen yep Right? I met the people that I needed to meet to make my business successful. It's about taking that first step. And now your heart is full. My heart is fuller having met you both, and I look forward to more collaborations on this podcast and with United Soccer Coaches. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having us. This was an honor. Thank you. Yes, thank you very much. Well done. When we return, we put the spotlight on one of the key members of our national staff office, the super talented, super kind, Rusty Kugler. As a soccer coach, you're no stranger to developing your players. But how are you developing your own expertise? As a United Soccer Coaches member, you receive access to a range of resources, like our online learning platform, The Training Ground, to aid in the growth and enhancement of your coaching skills and career. From coaching education courses to lifestyle services, take advantage of new opportunities and member benefits with an annual United Soccer Coaches membership for just $125. Join the home of all coaches today at unitedsoccercoaches.org. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast. If you listen in every week, and I hope you do, you know that periodically I'll put the spotlight on some of the superstars of the National Staff Office for United Soccer Coaches out there in Kansas City, which of course was front and center as the Kansas City Chiefs celebrated another Super Bowl victory and the man that's in that building who probably was acting a little crazy as well as the Chiefs were celebrating that Super Bowl is my main man Rusty Kugler who's the creative and brand manager for United Soccer Coaches a man quite frankly that does not seek the spotlight but does quite frankly deserve the spotlight for his great work one of my favorite people Rusty Kugler welcome finally to the United Soccer Coaches podcast thanks Dean thanks for having me on are you still feeling it pretty good about your Chiefs winning that Super Bowl and, of course, the big party right down there where you work? It's always great to see a Chiefs win. And uh, <laughs> on the big stage is, is pretty great. Yeah. Well, Rusty, I met what I said about the fact that you don't seek the spotlight, but I do get the feeling, unless you're faking it, that you love what you do and you love the people that you work with. Is that fair? And why is that fair? Absolutely. Oftentimes people say, what's the best part of your job? And a lot of times it comes down to the coworkers and the staff internally. And this is absolutely the case with United Soccer Coaches. I'm very proud of what we built. 2016, I was brought on to help rebrand the then NSCAA into United Soccer Coaches. And uh, yeah, I'm very proud to, to be a part of shaping that internally. Well, that is a big deal, right? And obviously, when it was first announced, it was a little bit hot and cold. And I think all of us, for the most part, you know, there might be a small percentage, 3% that still wants the NSCAA. We need to respect that, right? Because of the history, uh, an entity that's, you know, really long. But obviously, to overtake something that big, that powerful, that important, how cool is that? It's pretty great and uh, very humbling. Yeah, it was uh, a day in... April, that uh, my friend who had this position before me contacted me and said, I'm leaving this position, and I think you'd be a good fit. So would you be interested in taking over for me? Oh, also, we're rebranding the organization. It's 76 years old. So quite a history. Yeah, are you you interested? And uh, 
at the time I was going through quite a lot. That same day, my, uh, my daughter went into cardiac arrest and, uh, it was, it was a lot of, a lot of feelings that day. And, uh, I said, hold on, <laughs> I'm interested, uh, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going through some things here. And so, uh, yeah, I ended up, uh, you know, being in the hospital with her for two weeks. And unfortunately she passed away at six months old. And three days later, I, I had my first meeting to, uh, my first interview and I got the job, <laughs> whether it was, uh, because of my skills or pity or hopefully not that, but, uh, it was, um, it was a, a new start that I absolutely needed. And, uh, I, you know, we rebranded, uh, later on, uh, after about six months or eight months, I'm not sure of, of hard work on it. And, uh, uh, you were part of it in Chicago. You emceed the uh, rebrand, and uh, in conjunction with the MLS All Star Game, and uh, you know we're we're still going strong and building, and yeah, it's it's going good. We are the home of all coaches. We are the home of all coaches, and I appreciate you bringing up that story, which makes us all vulnerable. And dare I say that I actually felt vulnerable in that ever since I met you. You're the kind of guy that I will periodically just reach out and leave you a message just to basically tell you, I love you, man. And like, you're the best and that type of thing. And I think at first it kind of weirded you out and then you kind of got <laughs> to know me a little bit and you're like, Hey man, he just, just, that's just Dean being Dean, but that's also you being you, like people are drawn to you. And interestingly enough, you know, we all have our Zen at the convention. I had my Zen, my wife. And one thing I like about you is you always listen to me as the one thing I definitely do brag about. And I suppose I brag about other things too, but my wife and my kids and my wife was able to talk to you about the story of your daughter passing. And that allowed me and you, I think our relationship to change as well. So I kind of like that connectivity, uh, you know, and I don't know how you comment on that, Rusty, but, you know, one of the great things that Leah learned as well is you then went on to have another child almost in honor, right, of, of your daughter. So let's share that as well. Yeah, we've actually had two, uh, two children since, since her passing. And um, every time I get a, an opportunity to talk to her, it just, uh, I absolutely will. I don't shy away from, away from it. And uh, I think it helps to, to say her name every now and then. Her name is Luna. Uh, and uh, just, you know, um, you know, think about her here and there and uh, make it make it real, you know. Um, I absolutely appreciate the text. Uh, <laughs> maybe a little weirded out the first time, but uh, it grew on me. And uh, ever since then, you know, it's, it's been a thing where, you know, it's, I appreciate it. It makes my day. And uh, I think anyone would love texts like that. And, um, you know, you know, you, you don't know how, how much time you've got, right? So uh, tell the people that you love around you, just how you feel about them. Hey, to make it a little lighter, you are also, <laughs> I think, internationally renowned for terrible bad jokes. And I, I apologize Ooh. for putting the word terrible in there, um, Rusty, because I don't, I don't really mean it, but some of them are a little on the poor quality, you know, and I know you think all of them are, uh, (laughs) I know you think most of them are good, but I think that's another part why I want to reach out to you because I love dad jokes and you're always, by the way, they're not terrible. I was just kidding. They're all, (laughs) they're all outstanding. No, they're not. Um, But (laughs) 
Um, I mean, you've always had this ability to make people laugh and have fun. And I think you bring that with your creative zeal in this job. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. Uh, we had a, a campaign a couple of years ago for our, for our app, the ability for coaches to take the app out with them as they're coaching on the field. And one of my favorite things to do was to put the headline, be outstanding in your field. It works perfectly. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Absolutely. <laughs> it's got a little bit of that corniness, Dan, in there, but I love yeah. it. You're bringing it all home. We're here with Rusty Kugler, the creative and brand manager, who just told us that he actually helped when the rebrand came for United Soccer Coaches. It was a tough time as well, but we've all got through it together, and his family has gotten bigger as well. And, uh, you know, with that, uh, as we start to wind down our time with Rusty Kugler, you know, you've got your family at home that uh, love and adore you, even with your dad jokes that go awry every once in a while. And then you've got United Soccer Coaches family. You've got the Harvest family. I feel like, Rusty, the word family is important to you. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's uh, that's kind of what we wanted to bring into the, uh, the rebrand, the whole United, kind of the vibe that, you know, all coaches, whether you're a, a beginner coach, uh, a longtime veteran, we wanted to bring all of that together and just kind of level the playing field, if you will. If Oh, this is a thing that not too many people know. On the shield, we've got, uh, we've got the lines going together around the ball. Yep. Those are supposed to kind of indicate fingers in a hand huddle. Ah. So that's a little behind the scenes. Uh, yeah. Bringing it all together and united. So. Well, you already said one of the key lines that we're hearing a lot, Jeff Van Dusen is putting it out there, the home for all coaches. When you think about United Soccer Coaches, especially playing such a big role in the rebranding, you hear those three words, United Soccer Coaches. What does it mean to the creative and brand manager for United Soccer Coaches, Rusty Kugler? It's the phrase that um, sets us apart. We've got a long history. Yeah, I don't know too many other soccer uh, education and social organizations that go back and have quite the the family tree that United Soccer Coaches does. Just having that going forward and being inclusive and bringing everyone into the fold is going to make us stronger going forward. Final question, and I'm even going to give you time to pause and really think about this one, but I think it's an important question to ask. I think it's, in my opinion, it's a fun question. You might tell me later, like, Dean, I don't know why you asked that question, but here's the deal, Rusty Kugler. I've already told everybody how fond I am of you. I've already told you that everybody that comes across you is. You've told me some you know, personal stuff, but you also said that you took a lot of pride as the creative and brand manager in creating United Soccer Coaches. So with that, if you had to create a brand for Rusty Kugler, maybe it's three words, maybe it's a sentence, maybe it's one word. I don't know what it is, but what would be the best way to describe to everybody who Rusty Kugler is, creative and brand for Rusty Kugler? <laughs> well, there's two phrases I like to tell my kids. One is uh, be nice to everyone, and the second one is have fun. That's... That's what it's all about. That's how I live it. That works for me. Rusty Kugler, I knew this was going to be great. It was greater than great. Rusty Kugler, long overdue. Good to see you, my man, and look forward to the next time I see you in person. Nice to see you too, Dean. Thanks.
All right, I want to remind everybody as we go to break, Rusty Kugler celebrated a birthday, so he also has me singing happy birthday. Please get rid of that, Rusty, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right, sounds good. We'll be back with more United Soccer Coaches Podcast. As we meet another member of our 30 Under 30 class, Deanna Hecht, after this. Does it feel like all you're doing to manage your team, club, or league is busy work? If so, League Apps can help you get back to doing what you love, delivering a powerful yet simple youth sports management platform from robust registration and payment tools to automated communications and other software integrations. League Apps saves you time and headaches, less busy work, more time doing what you love. Go to leagueapps.com to learn more. League Apps is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by League Gaps. As you often hear me say, my favorite part of the show. I love meeting these impressive young men and women. A lot of them are already head coaches and doing great things. And so pleased to be joined by a woman I met at the convention because she was kind enough to come up and say hi and say, hey, I'm looking forward to the interview. The interview is here now. And I'm talking about Deanna Heck. Deanna, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Dean. Thanks for having me. All right, Deanna. Well, let's start right in by giving you the open canvas to tell us your story. And if you listen to my interviews, I like to hear the whole story. So where you were born, where you went to high school, who you played youth soccer with, where you went to college, and then your steps before you got to where you are right now. I'm actually from Illinois, which is where I currently am right now. I am from a small town called Huntley, Illinois. I went to high school there. I had a really great experience there playing high school soccer. I played for a small club called Heat United, and I played there for my entire club career. Actually had the same coach the entire time, and he's actually a big reason why I am coaching today. And then from there, I went to Purdue Wayne, which is formerly IPFW, changed our name our branding, everything throughout the time, our colors, everything throughout the time that I was uh, in college. So it was, it was a pretty crazy time, but we are now Purdue Fort Wayne. We are the only extinct mascot. We were the Mastodons, which was the biggest thing. That was like the coolest thing we could like throw around everybody. So that was really cool. And when I was in college, my love for the game obviously grew. I had some great coaches. So then I continued to want to coach, got involved with some club there. Now I am at Illinois College in Jacksonville, Illinois. And I was previously at a community college for two years before this. All right. You know, if you listen to the podcast, I'm big on mentors and memories. You gave mad props to your youth coach, but you didn't say his name. So let's make sure we include his name, maybe include your high school coach and maybe some of the other coaches that have helped you along the way. Kevin Talbot is his name. He actually gave me my first college coaching job as well. I worked for him at the College of Lake County, which is the job I had before this. He's just been a huge part of me wanting to coach. He was a great influence on me. He's a great coach and really inspired me, has been my biggest cheerleader going forward. I played high school under Chris Grabner. He had quite the legacy at Hunley High School in terms of men's and women's soccer. Um, so that was really awesome. My college coaches, uh, Jason Burr and Kelsey Pasalia, which uh, she was actually in the 2017 class of 30 under 30. And then you also have heard me ask about memories. Your greatest memory as a soccer player, it can be youth, high school or college, Deanna. And your greatest memory so far as a coach. I would say that probably one of my favorite memories oh, there's so many playing would probably be and this is going way way back um, it was the first time in high school when we won the first sectional title we won in pks and it was like 
kind of that dog pile moment. It was a really big deal for us. I got to do it with all my friends that I had played soccer with my entire life. So that was something that was super awesome. In college, I would probably say one of my favorite memories, and this just sticks with me. We were playing the University of Denver and we got a free kick. I want to say like maybe like 30 yards outside the box. Me and my teammate were standing there and she's like, just hit it with your left foot. And I was like, what? And she's like, hit it with your left foot. And I was like, okay. And it went in and it was probably one of the best goals I've ever scored. So it definitely stuck in my head. So that was definitely really cool. And then coaching, I have a youth team. And I would say that some of my fondest like memories are just ones of them, like being able to like get something that we've been working on um, and just kind of seeing the joy in their face while they're doing it. That's like my, my favorite thing is just when they kind of accomplish something that they set out to do. So I love that answer. And I'm wondering about the joy in your face when you heard that you were selected to be part of this 30 under 30 class. Can you take us back to that day and then also share with us who were some of the first people that you shared the news with? <laughs> yeah. So it's actually really funny. Um, and this is going to make me sound like a bad coach, but we were sitting on the sideline of one of our games and I got an email and I saw it on my watch really briefly and kind of looked. And then I kind of read this, uh, the subject title and I was like, wait a minute, what is that? So I kind of looked back on my, my watch and I was like, there is absolutely no way that that's what I think it is. And I kind of clicked on it, looked at it, read the first line and was like, oh my gosh, I, no way that is not happening right now. So I was like, okay, you got to keep it together. All the <laughs> while I have one of my players next to me. She's like, what happened? What, what's, what's the look on your face for? And I was like, I'm just excited to be here. You know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then I walked over to my head coach, Hunter Gray, which, uh, who has also been a, a, a really big part of me growing and learning in the past couple of years here at IC. I showed him on my watch and, and he was really excited for me. And and then right after that, I, I kind of told my I, the first person I called was my mom. And then I called my dad and then I uh, shot Kevin to text. And, and that was kind of how it went. And then my boss, Hunter, he he told our team and they kind of were screaming and yelling. And even though that many of them probably didn't really know what it meant, um, but they were super excited for me. So it, it was it was really awesome. That's a great story. I love it. And now obviously it means you're, you know, you're already a member, but you're really truly part of the family. And I think you felt that being part of the family at the convention in Philadelphia, where I already mentioned you were kind enough to come up and say hi to me. What was your highlight of the convention, Deanna? Really for me, it's just kind of being able to be in a, in an area where you're with so many like-minded people, just being able to meet everyone that I met. I definitely met a lot of a lot of people that I feel like are going to be key in helping me grow and, and learn. And hopefully I can do the same for them and we can kind of facilitate that growth together. So I think that that was probably the best part of it. I think another thing that was really cool is being able to kind of open up for some of the sessions. We had to introduce some of the, the people that were putting on the sessions and it really kind of put me out of my comfort zone, made me get up in front of people and, and really kind of push myself to not be shy in the corner. I think that those were some of the bigger things that I, I think back to. As you know, I think uh, you probably took a little peek and know that I always ask the crystal ball question. And that is, where do you think you want to be in 15 years? Have you thought about that question? And if so, what's your answer? This is a question that I've been like, pushing back in my head over and over. And the only thing that keeps coming back to me is obviously it's hard to say 10 years from now where anyone is going to be. Life is so crazy. Things happen. I would just hope that I'm in a place where 
I'm making an impact, supporting my my athletes wherever I am, help them compete at the highest level and, and kind of help them reach their goals. I want to be open to every opportunity that comes my way. And, and I want to really be able to fall into a place that that I can grow and help everyone around me grow. Normally, I would go right to what United Soccer Coaches means. I'm going to save that. So put that in that big brain of yours to know that I'm going to end with it. But I find you so interesting. I want to ask you some rapid fire questions. Some you'll have rapid fire answers. Some you'll have to dig a little deeper. What is one thing about Deanna Hecht away from the soccer field that maybe people don't know? A talent, something you like to do, something about you that we don't know outside of the soccer field? I really like to read. So I spend a lot of time reading a lot of books. I'm also a friends lover. So I do a lot. I watch a lot of friends. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I think that's, those are some of the bigger things. Most of the time it, it is real soccer related. So. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Okay. So what book are you reading right now, right at this moment, Deanna Hecht? I am reading Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. I just kind of started that book. I'm hoping to finish within the week, but we'll see. <laughs> All right. We are recording this just one day after the USA played Japan in the She Believes Cup. I imagine you're like me and you're pretty pumped up for the World Cup. A lot of us are worried that uh, this, you know, the streak of the last two World Cups might come to an end. But when you think about the USA, is there one or two players that come to mind as your favorite player, either on the present team, which is still being modeled right now. We're trying to figure out who's going to be on that team or a past team. Who's your one or two favorite players all time for the USA? First person that comes to mind is Abby Wambach. She is obviously a great goal scorer. I was a forward, so she was definitely the person that I looked up to the most growing up, for sure. And I would say that on this current team, uh, it would definitely be Sophie Smith. I mean, she is just an incredible player. You watch her do things that Obviously, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I wish I could do that. She's just an incredible talent. And I'm really excited to watch her grow and continue to be somewhat substantial for our team. All right. One more before we ask you what United Soccer Coaches means to you. And that is outside of the crystal ball, if this was not the path you chose, which obviously we're glad you did, what would be Deanna Hecht be doing? What would be you had to have thought somewhere along the line, you know, if I'm not a coach, I'm this. What is that, Deanna? Yeah, um, I would definitely be a sports psychologist for sure. That would be something that I would definitely want to do. I'm currently getting my master's in exercise and sports psychology from SIUE. It's definitely something I want to integrate into my coaching as I as I go along, but that is definitely what I would be doing for sure. Another answer that I truly appreciate. And so we will end with, now that you are part of the 30 under 30 class, as I mentioned earlier, you're part of the family. When you hear these three words, Deanna, United Soccer Coaches, what do they mean to you? For me, the biggest thing is community, being able to bring all walks of life together and being able to really kind of learn and grow from each other. The convention was incredible because you would meet people that you would never imagine that you could meet. And there's so many groups, incredible groups that are doing amazing things for so many people. And it, it just means community to me. It means being able to bring people together and, and really make a change. All right. I love it. I know we had some fun when you came up to me and told me your name was Deanna and obviously my name's Dean. So we'll always have that connection. Really glad to meet you in person in Philadelphia and even more glad to have this time on this week's podcast with Deanna Hecht, another great member of the 30 under 30 class. Deanna, really enjoyed this interview. Hope you did. And thanks for being with me. Thanks for having me, Dean. I appreciate it.
I appreciate you, Deanna, and I appreciate all the amazing guests on today's United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League Apps. I want to thank Bailey Conklin and Brandon Milburn, Michael Kadama, who played a key role in some of our guests as well today, Erica Dyer, Jeff Van Dusen, Angie Eliason, Beth Sullivan, Steve Veal, Pat Madden, Rusty Kugler, Shelby, you know who you are, all of you, Allison, everybody, great people at United Soccer Coaches, all of you and i want to thank my producer colin thrash for all of them and all of you our great members i'm dean linky we'll see you next week for another edition of the united soccer coaches podcast thanks for listening to the united soccer coaches podcast presented by league apps league apps is the leading youth sports management platform providing organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run grow and win to learn more about league apps find them at leagueapps.com or as league apps on all of the social networks and to learn more about united soccer coaches visit us at unitedsoccercoaches.org